Welcome back to Unplugged with Buddy Red. Let's get into it. Good morning, afternoon, evening, and welcome to Unplugged with Buddy Red. I'm Buddy Red, and this is my guest slash sometimes co-host, Cov. Hi. And today we're going to be speaking about uh, our gaming roots. Just episode one, let's get to know us and uh i figured going from the little ground up is one of the best ways to do it we're learning on the job so i don't know about you but i start with nintendo uh i started with the gamecube that was my first my first console oh, you started with the gamecube yeah i was a late i was a late bloomer we did we didn't get uh <laughs> we didn't get video games for you know christmas or anything until i was like eight or nine or something like that i don't think i ever asked for video games until i was probably about that age but i had a or well i should i shouldn't say i had my dad had the sega genesis and i would play sonic on that very rarely um and then the first game i really remember playing was like the old school kirby on the yeah <laughs> old game boy color i played so your, that your first, I played... Like your first real play was like handhelds oh yeah i i was entirely handhelds for a long time i don't know how long but i was i was a majority even when i had a console i still kind of stuck to handhelds my dad had a playstation 2 as soon as it came out he played you know gta and all that stuff on it oh, but he wasn't a real he wasn't a real big gamer he was just a cat very extremely casual yeah that's yeah, i think that's where we differ then because my parents definitely did not play video games at any point i don't think even in their lifetimes i think i think the oldest thing i remember having or seeing was like a game boy color that we dug out of like a box from the attic or something and i i think the only game we had on it was tetris and other than that i don't think oh, my parents ever tetris played is such a banger though <laughs> uh yeah on the game boy color yeah tetris is not bad I forgot about that. Yeah, Tetris was one that my dad, like, I think my dad would play that. Like, I think my dad got it just so he had something to do while he was on the, on the shitter. <laughs> right. I think that's what a lot of people would... in that generation did, though, right? Like, they played that yeah. as a, like, an entry level game. Yeah. Yeah. So he played, I think that was just while we had it. It was, it was, it was a, sh- he had a pack it of batteries. Was, it was the, it was like, game. it was like a, it was like a nightstand type thing, but you could, like, it was like an IKEA quality. It was just like a little hutch that went in between the shower and the the toilet, so it would hold like the extra toilet paper and stuff. And then, like on top of it, he had a pack of batteries and a Game Boy. He had everything. And, he was ready. <laughs> and like I think a crossword or something that those laid on. So yeah, it's like was... it's like how most people have like a bathroom book, but you guys had a bathroom Game Boy. I guess, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't hate it. This is, I don't. I couldn't even tell you the last time I thought about this either. Like this is all just kind of coming back to me. It's kind of weird. But yeah, so I guess I start. So I started with. I didn't really touch that one too much, but the Game Boy. What came after the Game Boy Color? What was the the little purple like rectangular like horizontal one? Um, you know what I'm talking about. I don't. I don't think so. You know, uh, what we need is like Game oh, Boy. We need a, a assistant person to like do all the Google. <laughs> <and stuff. laughs> 
because it wasn't the Game Boy SP or the Game Boy Color. It was the Game Boy Advance. Oh, so it, oh I remember it being purple. Yeah, yeah did I yeah, say yeah. purple? I don't. I th- I I was maybe I was looking at pictures okay. of blue. Oh, uh, well, there's a clear one, and then there's a purple and black, and a purple black. Mine was definitely like a dark purple, though. Yeah, I know the one you're looking at these. About. Looking at these images. It makes me wish I'd kept these things. Like, I wish I still had that Game Boy Color. Like I still have a Game Boy SP somewhere in my mom's house. I'm yeah, pretty sure. I regret getting rid of all the old, like I guess now they're vintage games, yeah. like handhelds and stuff. Dude, I I had the 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 OG DS, and then I I sold it to GameStop for <laughs> forty five cents. No, I they're doing a deal. It was like you turn in your. It's like Game Boy, anything from like Game Boy Advance up to like the most recent Game Boy Light for the the th- uh I don't, the three D or the DSI, and like every like generation had like a ten dollar increase. So I think I gave mine in for like forty bucks. Damn, get like forty bucks off the DSI. And I mean, realistically, I needed it because of that was my main console. I didn't, re- I had a PlayStation Two, but I didn't really play it too much. Because it was also my dad's. Right, right. And even though I it was basically mine at that point, I still didn't really use it that much. I was, I mean, I dude, I was balls deep in Pokemon. Like, that's all I played. Oh, that's right. You grew up with a lot of Pokemon, huh? I was a massive Pokemon, just a Nintendo in general. Um, I mean, like, on the DS, I mean, that's like, I think, I think that's like, it's kind of weird. Like, we're only two years apart, but that's everything that, like, all the kids that I went to school with that's all we had like we like a lot of them had consoles as well but even like late elementary school it was all ds stuff like we would bring our ds to school and would play like the 10 dogs or would, would trade pokemon and pokemon like pokemon video game or pokemon cards and Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that oh Yu-Gi-Oh! like all of that stuff i was like super into yeah that's old stuff man yeah, I, 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 was a, I was a late bloomer, I guess. I, I guess my parents gatekeep the, the video games from me for some reason. Well, so my mom definitely did when it came to the console games. Because the only thing I really remember playing console-wise until I was in, like, high school was basically just sports games. Like, NASCAR racing, football, and hockey. I definitely played I NASCAR really, as well. Yeah, na- the NASCAR game was, was solid. Because you could also do, like, that was, like, one of the first games I re- remember having, like, a career mode. I feel like it was a little ahead of its time. Where you could, like, make your uh, your driver and do all that stuff. Right. I think uh, the other one that I did that had something similar was, like, the, the PGA Tour golf games. Like, the Tiger Woods PGA games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never played those, so I know exactly what you're talking about. They were not fun looking back at it, but I played the hell out of them. I guess. I, I mean, if we're being honest, I don't think any of the games are good anymore. That's yeah. It's like very they're all really bad. You can go back and like look at it and be like, they're genuinely good games, at least for the time. Oh, that's why like the argument of like what Pokemon generation is your favorite, and everyone's like, oh, Gen One's the best. It's like, have you gone back and actually yeah, played those games good. because they're not good? Yeah, like. Especially the OG, like, red and blue. There was no, like... The the physical special split was based on the type. And it had nothing to do with the actual move. And then crits were based off speed between 
the two Pokemon that are fighting. So if you have a really fast Pokemon, you're more likely to crit a slow Pokemon. And like, so all like the actual mechanics of the game were awful. And they made no sense. And there's no like right or wrong. All right. What was I trying to say? There's no rhyme or reason to like how it worked or how the game or the anime or anything like try to tell you like, oh, these are these Pokemon are good, but they're like <laughs> they're kind of trash though. They're actually playing it the correct way. So you think most most people who say those old games are better is just nostalgia making oh, it seem better entirely? Yeah. No, I, I feel that because I'll, I'll sometimes go back and play a game after you know five or ten years or something and be like. I can't wait to boot this up, and then I play it, and it's like, this is shit. This yeah. is not good. <laughs> well, I did that. I've done that with Pokemon, for sure. Um, I mean, I think the only things that really hold up are kind of like platformers, like like the old-school Mario and like Kirby stuff, because they're just platformer games. They're not... They haven't changed over the, over the years. They're still kind of like the same basic blanket with more pizzazz on it i right. guess Just now advanced i guess yeah but when it comes to stuff like pokemon like you, you, there's massive differences in the way that combat works and the way that the story is i mean you can run through it in blue in like eight hours well maybe not maybe like 10 15 if you're not really trying to speed run it but the new games i mean i guess that actually they're probably all about the same if you really try to like go as fast as you can I don't know. I actually haven't really, I haven't messed with the new ones a lot like that. I have absolutely zero clue because I, I don't know if I've ever played a Pokemon game in my life. Are you serious? I, I, I maybe picked up my my little brother's DS or something and did something at one point, but I don't think I've ever really like actually played more That's than just a couple minutes. Yeah. So what did you play on? So what what about you? You, you started with GameCube. Yeah, Game, so I started with GameCube, Game, and I, Game I vividly remember the very first game I ever got, because we got the GameCube, GameCube for Christmas one year, and I think we got, like, one game with it, and it was this Tarzan, um, it's like called, like, Tarzan Into the Jungle or something like that, and it was just, it was just a okay. Tarzan game where you're, like, jumping around in the woods and surfing on logs and shit, um, and it was, it was pretty bad, like, it wasn't, it wasn't very good, it was really frustrating. And yeah, so we just started with that, and then I think like every Christmas and every birthday we would just get like a new GameCube game. And I don't think we ever like like at this point I, we didn't have like a computer, so there was no or like we had a family oh. computer, but like I yeah. wasn't constantly online, so I didn't know what games I wanted to ask for. So it wasn't until like my parents just randomly found a game that I liked that I got one, and one day they got us Legend of Zelda. Uh, and I had no idea what it was and started playing it and loved it. So I think it was just a chance of, of them like picking out a random game and just hoping we liked it. I never played Legend of Zelda until I was in high school, I believe, when they were putting remakes on the DS. Because I never played them as a game. Uh, my, I guess my parents just thought it was too hard for my age. So they just never worried about it. And I was, I mean, I was fine with Pokemon as it was. Um, but. Actually, talking about computer stuff. So I would, I was also on the family computer. My mom had bought me like, she would buy me like a couple educational games that mm -hmm. I could sit and play for like thirty minutes at a time those. and stuff like that. Yeah, like, it was like there's one that I remember when I was like, I don't know, probably like kindergarten. It was a Thomas the Trank game, 
what did I say? Thomas the Tank Engine game. And you took a whole, like, it was a whole thing that you put on top of the keyboard and, like, it would press the keys as you used it. So, like, if you're trying to steer, it would, I guess it would just come down and hit the A, A and D keys and steer with that, actually, but or whatever oh, it lined up it. with. <laughs> the, the Railway Adventures PC game control. Yeah. This is crazy. And I, so I used that, and that was, like, my first, like, computer game i guess but it was nothing more than that but then i got into webkins oh no webkins i think webkins i sank hours into oh my god webkins because webkins i played probably until uh i don't know probably until about like fourth or fifth grade maybe because i would play that with my sisters is that the one where you had to buy the plushes to go with it? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, you bought the plushes and you got the little coat off there. Off that the was tag. that was a genius idea, honestly. Oh yeah. Like, oh dude, I, I don't know why we haven't seen something similar to that where like you have to buy a physical product in order to unlock something. I, I mean, they have done stuff like that, but that was like the the core of the game was buying. I something. know, like I think it was like Neopets tried to do it and they kind of did all right, but nobody could really stand up to it. Webkins and like what they built. I mean, it's like there was no really cartoon BR before Fortnite, but now there's a whole bunch of cartoon BRs, but now you can, can hold true. a light to Fortnite or anything like that. And it's like that in a lot of ways. There was there were other MMO or not MMOs, uh, other MOBAs that had came out, but once Lee came out and really took the, the reins on that, Dota 2 is really the only thing that can keep up with it. All the other MOBAs that have tried to come out since then just fell to the wayside. I think it's kind of the same thing. But then Club Penguin. Club Penguin. Holy. I never really thought about online games that I played. I didn't either. As we started talking about it, when we started talking about like our first games, I totally forgot about like the PC games because a lot of them, like you said, were educational. So I didn't really think about like them as games. But Club Penguin was one that I really jumped into. That I never, I obviously knew that I was playing with other people, but I don't think I ever clicked that I was playing with other people. Oh, that part clicked for me <laughs> for sure, dude. Club Penguin. Oh my god! I just knew that Inviting if I said over to your igloo, hey girl, you want to come oh, over yeah. to my igloo? Well, <laughs> <laughs> like I understood, like you can't be like mean to other people or you get banned. But like yep. I don't like, and I had friends that would play on it. I used to love. I played so much Club Penguin in elementary school. Yeah, I would. I, I had. They had this like newspaper thing that came out in Club Penguin, and every week yeah, you could like yeah, submit yeah, yeah. questions. And every it was like every Thursday or something they published the newspaper. So every every Wednesday night I would stay up until the newspaper got published to see if my question was included in. The, yeah, I did. <laughs> the I did the exact week. same thing, dude. <laughs> and I think mine was mine was only published like once. Oh, I never got one published ever. I asked I asked questions every single week and I never got one published. I remember I got uh, I got a single question published once and I freaked the fuck out and I was like, "Mom, I got published." And she was like, "Okay, cool." Dude, I, I had I had like <laughs> I a paper care. calendar. I had a calendar that I took with me everywhere and I literally had that on my calendar. It's like Thursdays. Uh, I can't remember. I wasn't that. Thursdays I just, I just knew or some shit. I just knew it. It was whatever, yeah, Thursdays or after school I'll get on. I'm like, yep. all right. Yep. Let's see. Oh my god, that's crazy, dude. I I played so much Club Penguin. Uh, it was unreal. 
You know they have that game no. back now. They got rid of it for a while, and, yeah, and now it's but back. Like it's not, it's not the real thing now. I don't, it's pretty close. I played it. I played it a couple <laughs> months ago. <laughs> Maybe I need to boot it up and try it. It's kind of fun. I don't know nostalgia, obviously, but it's uh, yeah, it's fun. But good, good I was I was super deep into that. I probably played that game for like a year free, and then finally convinced my mom to give me a membership. And she was doing it by oh, month. Yeah. And I was like, Mom, think about this. I was like, if you get six months, it's like 20% cheaper. Makes sense to me. So I think I got like six months the best for that. I think it was about that time. I was like, all right, I'm done with this. And I moved on to something else. Um, But I, I dude, I loved that game. That game was so great. Yeah, that was a, a core game of my childhood. Like at least that was like I got probably the first real PC game I ever committed to growing up i would guess yeah i mean i'm pretty sure i had almost everything in that game that might yeah, have been like my, my, igloo I was was, addicted to. my igloo was kind of crazy I, had every I, I was definitely i was definitely addicted yeah i had puffle. Yeah. I had so many puffles i think i had every color puffle i was max i could like beat almost every single one of the mini games and the role play in that game was crazy too, right? Because they had like restaurants and oh yeah, like they had so many like locations. A, like you could go, like I would be in the pizza shop, like taking people's orders. Like they would be sitting at a table, and I'd, I'd walk up. And there was no like functionality within the game to actually serve people pizza. <laughs> like oh no, but people would go up to and be like, "Okay, can I take your order?" But that's the, that's the crazy thing is that like so many of the players were just actually that young. I feel like that they're, mm-hmm. they're actually our age. They just didn't care. It was just pure imagination. Yeah, it was just fun. It was just, oh. it was like innocence and just a lot of fun. Man, I missed that. Yeah. I'm trying I, to log into my Club Penguin account now, but it's not letting me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what about your username when you're like, what, what was your first ever username? Um, I never, I never really had like a, a username that I always used. I never had like a handle that I always used for every game. The oldest one I can think of is RuneScape, um, and the the username wasn't actually mine. When I when I first started playing RuneScape, I, I met somebody like six months into playing, um, and we both liked each other's accounts more than we liked our own. So one day we like <laughs> traded accounts, um, and that account's name was Dark Hero Four Five One, and it's still it's still my my account name. Um, but no, I never had like a gamer tag. That's why when it came to like making up a a handle or something for like Twitch and stuff, I never. Because a lot of people did their their gamer tags and everything, yeah. Um, but I never had one. I, I always just made up random names and stuff. So, see, I'm the complete opposite. I don't remember what I was. I used to bounce between just like random stuff or just accept a random username when I was starting to like create accounts to random places. But Club Penguin is when I made my first buddy Red account, and oh, that man. and you. that. So there's a story behind. It. I'm I'm pretty sure I've probably told you, but for the podcast, so I had dog like my mom would like give me like like it would be a family dog, but like say that was my dog to try to like teach me some responsibility and stuff, and I would always name the dog Buddy, and they're always Yorkies and they're they're terrible, like I don't know if it was just the dogs I were getting, they're just not good, they weren't good family dogs. How many how many dogs did you go through? Uh, it was two. Oh, okay. You said always names and buddy. It sounded like there well, was like I mean, ten. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there was only two. One, so one got out, got hit by a car. So uh-huh. uh, it was like a year later. His mom was like, "All right, here's another one." 
Let's try this again. <laughs> and that one was a little bitch. And that one bit everybody and everything. So we had to give them away. Bye, buddy. But I named them both buddy. So I just, like, I don't know. I guess it's, that stuck. And when I was sitting down to try to make a username, my dad was was like, all right, so here's where we're And he had a thing. He was like, you can't just have Buddy Red. It has to have, it has to have numbers to like protect your identity or something. I don't know. Is what he said. So I don't, I don't really know why I had numbers, but he's just like the zip code of like wherever, what the town I was in at the time which i don't remember what it was wait so it was like buddy red like two two something something wait a minute hold on he wanted to protect your privacy so he made (laughs) code at the end of it and it was all and it was every number except for the last that's so funny (laughs) (laughs) it made no sense looking at back at now it makes absolutely zero sense but so i did buddy and then red's my favorite color always has been so i just did buddy red and it's just stuck i've done buddy red in almost everything as far as I can remember, it was either that or Cool Man with two L's, which I like. I don't know. It's like a, I was like a middle school phase, but Buddy Red was a consistent one that I always, I always went back to. So when it came to like high school age and like because when it came to middle school, I wasn't really online much anymore. I was super active. I was into a lot of different sports. So I didn't, even if I wanted to be online, I didn't really have time. Uh, outside, the only thing I would play really would be like playstation uh i would play cod but besides that and that i think i just did like i kind of let go of the buddy red tag and went to like more just irl i was like i did like c m like and then like 529 or something like that for yeah, my birthday like abbreviations of your real name yeah. or something. yeah i did that too a lot actually and then it was like once I got into high school and started getting back online and doing gaming stuff and making accounts. Like my Twitch account has always been Buddy Red. And uh, I think, I think, yeah, I think it was just like once I started getting back online and stuff like in high school age, Twitch, YouTube, anything like that was always was just Buddy Red. And it's stuck with it since. But uh, yeah, so that's cut there. I might need to get some type of sound thing. I didn't like it when I don't. It always kind of jars me sometimes when Ninja does it in his, but it makes sense of why he does it. It makes it easier. What Yeah, he has yeah, like a he has like sound bits in between like his parts. Oh, I don't like that. I, mean, I don't it know. Makes, it depends. Really like, it depends on what the two parts are about. I guess. Yeah, that was a pretty good little segment though. I mean, yeah, that was, yeah, what about ten? All right, twenty three minutes already. Damn. We're flying, bro. I didn't. Right. I thought it was like ten minutes long. That's crazy. All right. So how how about you? Uh, so we just went over all the of our childhood gaming. But how do you think that shaped how we are today with our games and what we play? I think nostalgia plays a big role because now, like, Le- Legend of Zelda is definitely like my favorite game growing up for sure. And now, mm-hmm. like, anytime that kind of game drops, like, I'm going to want to buy a Legend of Zelda game regardless. Even yeah. though, like, some of the more recent ones I haven't loved completely. Um, I don't know. Like, I guess you kind of stick in your, your ways. Like, you 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 played Pokemon growing up, and you still like Pokemon. I never played, yeah. so I don't. 
Um, yeah, like Pokemon so much that I have a Pokemon tattoo. Like, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I think I'm not sure. I, I think um, especially now there's like so many new games that come out on a regular basis. Like there's a huge number of games that just randomly drop. So it's kind of hard to, to see like how older games affect that because it's changed so much, especially with online and multiplayer games. Because I, I can't remember the last time I really played a single player game and that's all I ever played growing up. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically the same for anyway. me. I was almost entirely outside of like Club Penguin and Webkins and stuff like that, and eventually COD. When I got into that, um, it was almost entirely like, yeah, it was all single player games. I played a lot of single player games. I think it is interesting going back and comparing experiences like with the same games because I was thinking about this the other day when we were talking about subjects for the podcast. Um, the first, the first Zelda game I played was Ocarina of Time. And the first, the first uh, temple you get to is like the the big Deku tree, um, and I I remember as a kid getting to the very end of that temple and getting to the boss room, and I just got stuck, and I was stuck for like days or weeks in the boss room because I didn't know how to start the boss fight, <laughs> and so looking back at it now, it's so it's so stupid, but I finally figured out how to do it when I had like my cousin randomly came to visit. And he walked in the boss room and just looked up into the, into the <laughs> sky. And the boss was like this spider thing that was hanging from the ceiling. And as soon as he looked yeah, up in the sky, it just it started the fight. And I was like, dude. I know I, exactly <laughs> what boss you're talking about. So I look back at that now and I'm like, okay, obviously I was a little kid. So it's like kind of excusable. But right. it's a totally different experience now because there's not that kind of like, I don't know, that, that inexperience and that like lack of attention to detail that children have playing games. And so we experience it a lot differently. So um, here's a question on that, though. Do you think the kids now have the same issue as we did because of the internet difference? I I, I think because they now they just look it up. Don't they either look it up, um, or games are just more self-explanatory? Because looking back at that game, like it was, I it, think it was I an actual puzzle. Feed games a little bit more. It is a puzzle, but like. Like, if I had been paying real attention back then, I would have heard the spider sounds, and I would have recognized that throughout the temple, there's spider webs everywhere, so it's obviously something related to spider stuff. Yeah. And so, like, looking back at it now, I probably would have gotten it. But I feel like now in games, they spoon-feed they spoon feed that kind of stuff a little bit more, because they don't want people getting stuck on, like, <laughs> really dumb things like that. Yeah. But also, yes, I think with the internet, people just Google stuff, which... I don't know that that takes a lot of the fun out of it for me. I try not to do that as much as I can. Like I, yeah. I haven't pl- I haven't Googled a single thing for the tears of the kingdom yet at all. Just to try right. and experience it like how they intended. I don't think I really had to look up anything outside of when I got lazy, when I was trying to do a bunch of the shrines. Mm-hmm. But like when I was just straight playing through the game, I don't think I needed to like really look anything up or that was really an issue. Yeah. The newer games seem, I don't know, maybe it's just, again, like being an adult, but the newer games seem a lot easier. Like, the newer temples seem... And maybe it's because I've played so many Legend of Zelda games, I get how the puzzles work and, like, kind of follow, like, their design method of levels and stuff. But it does seem a little bit easier than it used to. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's just... Maybe I'm just really smart now. That's probably <laughs> I don't think it. So. Yeah, I don't no, think. That's, that's definitely, that's definitely yeah. it, actually. I'm just too smart for my own good. If, I mean, if that's what you need to tell yourself to sleep at night, sure. <laughs> sleep at night? I'm playing video <laughs> games at night. What do you mean? I don't sleep. I'm a I gamer. Sleep. 
Oh, man. Yeah, it, it's changed a lot. It's different. Yeah, it definitely has. That I'm really interested to see, like, Clapper's kids grow up and watch my own kid grow up. Just to see, like, <laughs> the differences from then and now. It's going to be crazy. Especially, cause, I mean, you're not going to have your daughter for, what, uh, three more months or so, something? So it's going to be... yeah mid 2024 so she's not really going to be gaming until like 2030 probably ish dude that's so weird like, it's so weird dude like what is what is technology going to be like in 2030 for video games it's going to be insane dude my like, dad is she going to grow up just playing vr like i mean maybe i mean my dad grew up playing atari like his his entire experience growing up playing video games was like punk yeah which have like two megabytes of of memory or something you know what i mean like, yeah exactly and you're playing on a pc that has not only like 16 plus gigs of memory but you have a graphics card that also has its own dedicated memory and like terabyte hard drives so i, I this can't is all just so i can play like 10 years like a simple game too and all yeah, dude. aspects of what today know. is yeah it's it's gonna be different so i don't know like those kids are gonna grow up probably playing the most insane insane games I, I think oh yeah i don't know I, I think vr will be one of them i don't know i don't know about in 2030 if it's going to be good enough to be like the thing i think uh, it really just depends on price point and now that apple's getting into the space uh apple might be able to push it a little bit better well apple I hasn't think it's, i don't think apple is really good at pushing the gaming aspect but no they're, they're gonna be a while before they do that but I when it, i think when it comes down just to the raw technology Apple might be able to mainstream the VR stuff a little bit more. I think it's going to take like uh, Ready Player One type technology before it really takes off. Like some oh, kind of some kind yeah. of pad you can stand on and like run. Or, or which like, they already have, but that's like type stuff. Yeah, they do. But massive they thousands of setups. They're not even too. that good either. Like they're so expensive, and they're not the only way to play VR right now. Like super immersive is in like a warehouse that has no like nothing in it. Like <laughs> so you can run around. Yeah. That's the only. That's the only way, and even that is limited. Still, we need Sword Art Online VR. That's that's what I need in my life Dude, right now. I might just disappear when that if that ever becomes a thing. Oh, I would, I would surely have a problem with how much I'm playing that. If that was a thing, I would 150 percent be addicted to it, like right I, out of the gate. I, I would mean, I, stop playing. I just don't even know if like. I'm pretty sure I just disappear. Yeah, no, I would be, I would be like no job, no nothing. Yeah, just yeah, find exactly. find a source of power that won't shut off on me and yeah. never come out. Yeah, I would, I would sell everything that I have, and I would buy a little piece of land and put a tiny house on it, and have all I pay for is electricity and uh, internet, and I would just <laughs> play that. That's it. yeah, I would, I would, I would have severe addiction to that level of VR, one hundred percent. But it would be cool, man. I would I just, love that. Like, is that actually possible? I think so. I think eventually, because we already have like brain interface machines that just aren't very good. So I, I think, like, at a certain point, it's going to be possible. I don't. I don't think it's too likely that it's going to be possible in our lifetime. At least not at that level of quality. I don't know if it's going to be possible in like two lifetimes, if we're being honest. Maybe not. I don't know. Like, there's probably there's probably some huge like 
technological barrier that we're not even aware of related to like brain interface machines. Oh yeah. I mean, I think that really does come. That's where the blockage is going to be. Oh, it's gotta be. Yeah. Because we don't, I don't think we actually have a full understanding of the brain either. Oh, definitely not. No, we have, we have zero understanding of the brain really. Because I mean, how, how many like terabytes is your brain capable of? I, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know how we measure that to be honest. It's got to be what? What's what's after terabytes? Flops? Petabytes? Peta, peta, petabytes? Teraflops? Something. All right. So according to Google, the first thing that pops up it says the estimated human storage capacity is somewhere between ten to a hundred terabytes. That's it. Terabytes? That, that doesn't seem like a lot. The full spectrum of guesses range from one terabyte to two point two point five petabytes. I don't know. I I feel like. The other thing is, like, I don't think we can directly correlate the way we store data on computers with a brain because, like, a movie takes up gigabytes, right? Like, a, a movie yeah. can take up three to ten gigabytes or something. I don't know. But we can't, even if we've seen a movie and we remember it, like, we can't store the movie in our head. Like, we can't, we can maybe remember it and we can remember the script. Well, I mean, I think that's part of it, too, is we, we memorize aspects. Right. Like the it's more, the, there's no detail or, or less, a lot less detail. I guess more of the thing is how much do you actually retain that you don't, that you're just not able to call, recall? Right. Right. It's stuff that's like hidden or like that, in the that, deep that gets, recesses. Of that's like brain. a massive rabbit hole, though. We could probably do like a whole series on if we really wanted to. Oh, what? Like, like the whole, we only use 20% of our brain or something like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, the thing is, too, is that every century or whatever, it's like the new gen or however long decade. No, not how long is a decade? Ten century, mm -hmm. century, hundred years. Yep. Yes, it's like every century that set of human is like entirely more advanced than the last. Oh yeah, but then it, and like and that's. I'm pretty sure it's even comparable to brain size. Don't quote me on anything on any of this because obviously I'm not a doctor, but it's like, it's kind of just crazy to think about. Well, yeah. I mean, technology, if you think about all like the major advances, like if you just, even just generationally, like your dad grew up playing pong, you grew up playing Fortnite on essentially what's a, a supercomputer compared to what computers were when he was your age. Right. Oh, so yeah. like, I the, mean, the level we, of advancement between now and your daughter being like, 2025 it's got to be like a huge huge jump oh yeah it's gonna be something massive i'm sure my thing is when is holograms become a like a possibility for games like yeah like i feel like holograms? i think holograms will be more realistic before oh VR. you mean like like a large area hologram where you can yeah. like yeah I, yeah that's probably close to being possible now, actually, because we have holograms. Probably. It's just not like super immersive. They or have at a least lot of like holograms that like, are reactive. To yeah, they have holograms that are like they have to stay within like the bounds of a very small box or something like that, or like on a stage. Yeah. That would be really sick, though. Like, um, like a portable hologram type technology that would be, insane. or like a large, just like a large room hologram where like i think i think a large room hologram probably isn't that far off probably not i don't i, I would agree yeah but i think if, again it's just like price point thing like is there a market for that i don't know 
Well, that that raises an interesting interesting question because as technology gets more advanced with gaming and it becomes less and less realistic for an individual to have the hardware required to do it, are we going to be shifting from gaming being like a thing that you do in your home to gaming being a thing that you go out somewhere and do at a place that specializes in because they have like they have VR places now because, you know, you can't not everybody can a afford a headset because they are kind of expensive or B have the space to actually use it. So like, are we going to be instead of like playing the latest games on our couch, are we going to be going to, you know, a video game place that has like tons and tons of hardware and high end equipment to play? I mean, I also think that it depends on like, I wonder if like how much the society might put play into that as well. Cause you can get, because like, I don't. There's not a lot of like gaming cafes here in the states. No, or just gaming focused areas. Which I mean, we have them, but they're not like super popular. Not mainstream. It's, it's yeah. a lot more like you get a console, and that's your home. That's what you play at home, and that's what you use. And then you take the next step, and then you get your own computer. Unless you live in a place like New York or LA that might actually have the capability of having a gaming cafe because they'll actually have the people to bring in to afford it. It's not really realistic because, I mean, a lot of the U.S. is small towns. You're not going to have that. So like me, I live in a small town. I have to have my own computer. So I wonder when we get to the point of games just being so advanced and so like resource intensive that the bottleneck is no longer the technology, but the bottleneck is the ability to get that technology in people's hands. Like if we get to the point where, Hey, we have this game that's super advanced, but no one can run it because it requires like a supercomputer and no one has that in their living room. Yeah. We're getting like, we're getting deep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah I don't know. Deep thoughts. With I think, I think uh, we'll first see the impacts in places like Korea. Because Korea has that population and society, like it's like video games are accepted. Yeah, dude. They have and schools in Korea. I mean, we have schools here too for gaming stuff, but like Asia has I'm, a ton of like esports. Like, oh yeah, academies. I mean, look at like Faker, who's the the like the number one player for League of Legends in the world. He is a he's on the same level as a pop star over there. Like every right, he, right, right. his name is known. Yeah, he's he's like a Tom Brady. It's crazy but to think about. You say faker to anybody to any regular American, they're like who? Yeah, any non even like gamers. I think in America, uh, definitely even some gamers. Super, yeah, because I like if you said faker to me, I wouldn't really know who he is. Like specifically, I've heard yeah, the because name. you're. I mean, you're, and you're not a league player, you're right? Exactly. So, so outside, if you're not player. within the league world, you don't know who he is over here. So do you, think, you say his name over there, even if you don't play a league, you know who he is. So you think oh, so you think people who aren't in the league at all generally know who he is in Korea? No, uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I I what about I think non gamers? What about not just like not league players, but just non gamers in general? No, I think I hundred percent I'm I think he's on the same level as Tom Brady is over here. You That's can say Tom Brady to a non to like to a the entirely opposite, like doesn't know it even ha- what the rules of football are you they True. know who tom brady is. like i even i know who tom brady is like and, and neither of us really watch football 
Oh yeah, I don't even know how football. We don't really watch a whole lot of physical traditional sports, but we know who Tom Brady is. If there's a if his face is on something, we know whose face that is. I think it's the same aspect over there. Wonder why that is. Is it like mainstream media over there is just more accepting of? I I think that's mainly what it is. I mean, their planes have like WoW or whatever main game is over there. Like their ads are consistently video games focused and their Eastwood arenas are packed by the thousands. Our, our biggest Eastwood arena for a regular season game for like, I'm just going to use league because that's what I watch and know the most about. I'm pretty sure our LA arena holds a hundred people. This, this tweet from uh, an esports writer puts Faker in the elite four of South Korea of like four most recognizable individual or like groups. Yeah, so it's him. Yeah, There's some soccer player that I don't know, uh, a picture of the stray kids and then some other like old guy that I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, so I was watching uh, LS who is a he's a leak content creator. He lives in Korea, and he was talking about how he's like, this is a apartment complex where like all the K-pop stars and everybody like all the top one like a lot of the the people like the top of the cream of the crop people that are richest in the country. This is where they live. They have their own separate like market in the like underground oh, that's the crazy. apartments and like all that type of stuff so they don't have to go to the outside public and he lives in there what the hell that's nuts do you know what that's called i really want to look at that and see what i can't remember the name of it but it's like but even our most successful esports player here i mean outside of like ninja who i wouldn't even call him a con like i don't think there's an esport pro that can purely just be a pro player without being a content creator and be recognizable. The only reason Ninja is even recognizable to a non gamer at this point is because of what happened to, I mean, because of his hair, his, his appearance is different. And because he's really the only gamer that's really been anywhere. He's only one of the only ones that has been on like SNL or not SNL, uh, Fuck, what's it? Uh, I know you like just some of the night, all all the night shows, yeah, talk shows. He's been on Ellen. He's been on Family Feud as a oh, celebrity, and not as a celebrity as well. I think. Oh yeah, that's crazy. He's been on that and show. when he was on as a celebrity or as a non-celebrity, just with his family, he said that he was a pro gamer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, he was like, "What do you mean you're a pro gamer?" He's like, "I'm a pro gamer. I I, I go travel tournaments and play in them and make money." I'm pretty sure Steve Harvey kind of laughed at him too a little bit. He did, and then he's he. And then when he comes back as a celebrity, he goes, "My son like trolled me for like not knowing who you were." Yeah, that's nuts. It's like you're one of the best and stuff like that. As much as I like, and I I really don't think without being a content creator and having your face like that, you you you're not recognizable here to the general public. Yeah, I can't think of any gamer or content creator that we would know of that 
would be recognized by anybody, like oh. just about anybody. I mean, I we can take one of. The, I'm just gonna keep using league or like even let's say let's say or even with Fortnite, Booga, 16 years old I think or something like that when he won the World Cup, like the one and only Fortnite World Cup. Yeah. And he was oh, like, "Cool, just made a couple million dollars as a 16 year old." Graduate high school and nobody in the general public knows who the fuck he is. Yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't he wasn't going to the talk shows and all that stuff. He just got his million dollars and now he's and now he's a content creator. Because there's nowhere else for him to go. I think he just didn't capitalize on it. I mean he capitalized on it in the way of content creation. He has thousands thousands of viewers every stream. uh, to my understanding. I don't watch him. But like they're like Nobody in the nobody cares. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what happened there's, with Zuga. Like he had a no good opportunity. Trajectory for I've never really watched his content though. Like I don't I haven't know. Either. Like is it, it maybe to he's just fair. not a good content creator? Like maybe he's just a good gamer and like maybe I mean, he's look, not super entertaining or something. No, because I think he has numbers. I but I think it's just the way that even though he because he's in ads and stuff. Like I see him in. And ads all the time. Currently, he's sitting at three thousand viewers. He's been stri- he's been live for four and a half hours. Yeah, I mean that's not bad by any means at all. And he's playing with seventy two hours in EMAD. So like, his numbers are there, and that's purely just based off of that one time. Basically, yeah. I think I think he tried. Maybe I don't know. I don't want to speculate and say what he did or didn't do, but. I feel like he either didn't capitalize as much as he could have. I mean, he's also because 16. he didn't want to. Yeah, this is the other thing is like maybe he just couldn't. Like being a kid probably got in the way of being able to do stuff. Like Ninja yeah. was what twenty five when he really popped off. Yeah, Something because like I that. think I think he's like yeah, he's in his early thirties. Thirties now. now, yeah. So yeah, he had much maybe. more opportunity. And Ninja like really, really capitalized on everything that he possibly could. Yeah, with like products and sponsorships, and you know he has a podcast now. He has clothing lines. Um, he does a lot, and it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, and then like Tim the Tapman, he's he's been doing really good stuff now too. I think the agenda is changing for society as people are realizing. Because I mean, here's the thing, and just the the hundred percent truth. Gaming is the biggest industry in the states, even though people refuse to recognize it. Oh yeah, it's but we don't get the recognition or the not yet appreciation. But it's I think that the, is slowly starting to change. Of of boomers talking about how video games are so unhealthy, and which yeah. you know it's a valid like valid concern for sure. But there there are yeah there are those concerns like yes it can be unhealthy, but at the same time if you use it the right way. It can be extremely healthy, and it can be actually used as an entire career. Which, as a kid, I I kept hearing that so much that I was like, it was just like there's it doesn't go anywhere. That I was like, oh yeah, maybe it would be cool to be a game developer or something. But instead of actually getting into that as a kid, I shoved it off because I was like, there's no there's nowhere to go right. with and games. And now it's massive, and it's a hundred percent a career, and it's being told that this is what you should do if you want to do it. Yeah. Well, because like growing up, if you said you really liked sports and you wanted to be a you know 
sports player of some kind. Your parents would what enroll you in sports and buy you gear and invest in stuff to let you yeah. play. As long as you're physically able to. Right. It's a possibility. Yeah. And but that's like, the, that's the crazy thing about video games too. You can be you can be four feet tall and weigh eighty pounds, or you can be six five, three hundred and fifty pounds of pure muscle and have the exact same fucking gaming experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there and there's no physical limitation to it. There there is a guy on FlyQuest for League of Legends and the twenty twenty two season from France, and he had all these like physical bone diseases and all this shit. Like his chest was like, it, um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he just had like, there's no way that he would ever be an athlete, but he was making millions as a pro. Yeah. I mean, there's people that play with like literally play with their mounds. Like they'll control their, Oh yeah. I see they got, like, there's a guy mouth. on TikTok that pop, that popped and up a lot. Fucking, they he's shred entirely, <laughs> he's entirely disabled almost from his yeah. like, waist up and bro's like fucking winning hands. lobbies like dude's like just destroying lobbies and he's like playing with literally his fucking lip yeah and it's insane it is like one of impressive. his i think it's i think it's like one of his arms or one of yeah one of his arms entirely out of commission and then i think it's like right hand or something barely works so where you can click yeah and that's, everything else is done with his mouth and he dedication cracked man. Now, there's those limitations where he might not be able to be a pro, but as a content creator, he's entertaining too. Because I'll watch his, I'll watch his lives if they come up on my FYP, and he's like, he cracks jokes and he gets dubs. Like, he has a career there. It's kind yeah. of, it's kind of wild. Well, it proves a good point too, right? That anybody you know, can do it. Yeah. So it's it's a valid, a valid path. Yeah, that's. It's it's gonna it's gonna shift really fast, I think, because you know we're in our mid twenties now. Yeah, um, I think I think uh, the millennials and the Gen Z will uh, once we're able to, we'll probably be able to change the the viewpoints of that. Yeah, the next five or ten years, as you know, once like mainstream media people start retiring and new new people come in and new politicians come in, younger people, I think it's gonna shift pretty quick. Yeah, I agree. Which is good. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Okay, let me put a marker here. Cut! You want to keep going, or do you think that's enough? Um, I don't think we can end there, because that's kind of open-ended, but... Yeah, it is kind of... Uh, we could... Wait, so how that, we I think you definitely have a lot. You have 50, almost an hour. I think, I think we could probably wrap it up if you want to figure out what we want to close with. Like, what kind of, uh, kind of conversation we should close with. Yeah, how have we been talking for an hour already? I don't understand. I mean, I know we paused a little bit here and there, but not really, like not a lot. I think we can tie it back to how everything shaped to what we play now. Yeah, I I couldn't really think of that. I don't know. Now I'm just a degenerate gamer. All right, just shape every, to bring us back into the main topics and to wrap it all up. So we talked about our roots and how we came up in gaming and how and then went past that and talked about the future. But how do you think what you played as a kid has shaped to how you are now with your gaming and what you play and how much you play and just everything in general? I, I think going into this conversation, I thought I could put that into words, but I don't think I can. <laughs> Honestly, like I think um, yeah, I really don't either. I think games change faster than we can adjust ourselves to even be affected long-term like that 
Like, I, I think they games have changed so much between my first video game and the games that I play right now that I, I don't right. know if I can, like, correlate the original games with like, how I choose my games. Like, so you and I both had very different starts with gaming, and now we both play kind of sort of the same games. Like, we, there's a few right. games we don't share, but, like, mostly we play the same ones. So I don't know, man. I, I Going into this conversation, I thought I could definitely, like, draw a very clear line of how it shaped my current experiences. And I, I probably could if I really, like, I'd probably have to put it on paper, like, draw it out. But I don't know. I think I'm going to be honest, though. Too much. I don't know if I could, even with with that. Because be here's, the, here's the thing. I mean, I started with Pokemon. I started with handhelds, and I started mm-hmm. with Nintendo strictly almost entirely. And sport games on console, and then eventually I went to COD as I got older. But I wasn't, I wouldn't even call have called myself a big gamer until I was basically in college. Yeah, me, me either. Like, I think, yeah. And I, I might have been that that freedom. Like my mom was pretty strict overall, so she wouldn't let me just be a degenerate and just sit there and play for hours and hours on end. But my childhood best friend, that was to like two houses up the street, had all the games, had the Xbox, played all the fucking time. But as far as I know, he's just a very casual gamer now. I don't talk to him a whole lot, but like he's not a gamer to the aspect that we are. I wonder if that's the connection then, like people who grew up with unlimited access to every game and always had the new stuff maybe burnt out at a certain point like maybe they got to high school and college and said okay i got other stuff to do whereas we didn't have that experience growing up and so when we did get to high school and college started having our own money making our own decisions decided hey i want to try games now maybe maybe that's the the effect is uh that might be it the lack of like because especially now, I don't think that's going to be going going forward for people because the games are so accessible now. Like anybody can play just about any game. Yeah, uh, I mean, I want to say it's enti- that's like is that black and white because there are people like I mean, I listen to like I'm just gonna I keep using Ninja as an example just because I listen to his podcast the most uh, currently. Like he was he was, he talks about how he grew up and stuff like that, and he was like, oh yeah, I. You know, I I've been gaming since I I could game, and he still games. That's true. Hours on end every single yeah. day. So I really think it depends on the person, but I think there are the aspects of people that burnt out. And since I never had the chance, well, I also didn't want to as a kid. It's just kind of weird. Like I I just wasn't into like I'd play a lot of certain games, but I wasn't constantly gaming. Yeah, I didn't really care as much. I definitely played a lot of RuneScape growing up, but I dab- but I was I would say I had dabbled and I was extremely casual. Yeah, me too. But now I all I do is create content and play now games. Now I call myself a gamer, yeah. And I almost identify myself entirely as a gamer almost before anything else. Yeah, I would say the same probably. If I, I had, also, if I had to give myself a label, I don't know if I could come up with a different label other than gamer. Like, there's obviously you know, other things about me, but yeah. But actually, you know what it might be is probably a sense of community. Yeah, I definitely grew up not playing. I I don't think I really played with other people, honestly, until I, Twitch I became popular. Yeah, yeah, because we both played that solo, those solo games. Yeah. Which might be why we weren't addicted to the games as much as we are now. Mm. And now that we have the sense of community, we're consistently online. We're always gaming with our friends. And until recently, we had been 
friends online for what six years right and then we just met a couple months ago in yeah person. that's true so i i think honestly i think that's that might be yeah i that might be where it came that's definitely closer from. yeah because i i i mean I, I don't really count club penguin and runescape as multiplayer even though they are because there's not really that community aspect yeah and while i've like i had like two or three friends that would play those games i never really I, de- I didn't get on for them. I got on right, for myself. Exactly. And there was no like Discord where, I mean, what would we have back then? TeamSpeak and Skype, I guess. I had, The only thing I would ever use was Skype. Yeah. I don't, but I don't like even I then, I didn't use anything else. And yeah, I, we weren't hopping purely... calls with our friends on Skype to play GTA or, or COD or something. Yeah, I was like just texting them and like talking to them that way. But I was usually outside or I was fishing or something. I was a lot more of an outdoorsy person. Me too. As a kid. Yeah. And in just sports in general. And that's where a lot of my friendships came from. So it's super. Uh, so maybe it is the, the aspect of the internet and being able to almost every game at this point being entirely online based that has caused our differences from being single player games to multiplayers. That's yeah. I think you're on the right track. I don't know. It's complicated, that's, though. That's wild, though. But I think that's a pretty good way to wrap that up. Yeah. Wrap it up on confusion. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what. I was so confident that we come into this conversation to be like, Get this is why. This is why. Thinking. And then, yeah. So, for, so go home and think, everybody. Think about it. Thanks Let me know what in. your thoughts about <laughs> everything we talked about today. Tell me how you how you came up on gaming. Tell me how you are on gaming now. And what your thoughts are. In general, I guess. I don't even know. My eyes kind of blown at this point. Thank you guys so much for watching. Put a comment. Leave a rating. And I hope you guys enjoyed our little brain dump. Uh, I guess we could call this. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Hooray!